0: All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury, here with my co-host, Lucas Gaynor, as we are super hyped to bring you a huge episode and to be still talking basketball in June, baby. It feels great, Lucas. How are you feeling?
1: Oh, we're finals down, Patrick. Listen, I feel amazing. I know it's been a while since we've been here, basically um you know you were finished up your vaca i was a little busy things didn't work out but things worked out for the Celtics so you know i'm glad to still be talking basketball we don't have to start scouting picks uh you know picks 58 in the draft we don't have to start worrying about TPEs we can still talk about basketball and that's what we're here to do today so pat i know you just finished up uh watching game seven so tell me how you're uh tell me how you're feeling right now man watching the game like what are your thoughts let me break it down
0: yeah uh overall man i think the way the Celtics won Game 7 is a staple of how the season has gone, and it's it's nothing easy. This team has made nothing easy all the way down to this moment in Game 7 against the Heat, uh, and they won on defense. It wasn't the offense that carried them to the victory. It was them being able to be sound defensively enough to, to hold off the Heat late there and ultimately surviving a, a pretty pretty big Jimmy Butler attempt at taking over the whole entire game seven with that three-point shot in the fourth quarter. So honestly, just, just very proud of this team overcoming and just sticking to what they're good at. man. And, and I know there, there's some things that we can pick at at the end of the day, but you're picking in a team that's going to the NBA Finals, so it can't be that bad.
1: Yeah, sure. I, uh, just to give my overarching feelings about the series is that, A, you know, nothing but respect to the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, Bam, even the role players, Gabe Vincent, Max Strus, guys like that. Um, Oladipo had some moments where he stepped up. You know, I didn't really feel like that series was ever going to go seven. I was wrong. You know, the Heat really fought there. Um, you know, literally down to that last shot that you mentioned about Jimmy Butler and also before we get into that shot pack, cause you know, we have to, you know, it's been the buzz, the buzz topic on Twitter and everything. But uh, before we get into that, it's just amazing how the Celtics have turned their season around 18 and 21, 23 and 24. You know, they just really flip the coin, flipped the switch, you know, turned the, the season upside down and are literally have a chance to win their first final since 2008 and get banner 18. So it's good that we finally got over that Eastern conference finals hump and you know, I'm just really blessed to be covering the team and here watching basketball still, Pat. But Jimmy Butler, Pat, good or bad shot and why?
0: Uh, I know we're going to disagree on it, but there was a lot of time left. The defense was scrambled. And Jimmy Butler, I know as crazy as he is, he raises his level in big moments like that. But ultimately, for me, I think you can find a better shot. And here's here's how I'm going to take on it. It's not even more so I want to attack a Jimmy Butler's three-point. It's more so the decision-making and the time on the clock. Because how I look at that shot, if it was reversed and Tatum took that shot, I don't think I would have been happy with it. Because I feel like you drive in that moment and you see if you can get a bucket at the rim or you can kick it out. For me, I, I just think there was better options. At the end of the day, Jimmy Butler took a shot. It damn near went in. He almost willed that in. Didn't have enough legs in it. If you probably pl- um, got the sit at all in that game, they probably end up getting Jimmy Butler to hit that shot, and the narrative changes, of course. If you hit a shot like that, no one's going to say it's a bad shot. But for me, at the end of the day, for the situation – And how much time was on the clock, I personally would have looked for a better
1: shot. Yeah, and I think it's maybe fair to say there was a different shot he could have got. But to me, that's not a bad shot at all. Um, Because, you know, Jimmy was dead tired. He played like the whole game, so many minutes in the series. He probably knew the Celtics were going to take it if they went to overtime. And I fully agree. He went for the kill shot. And I think it was a good shot. I think he was open. I think Horford was playing the drive. I think Horford probably would have made his life hard. You know, we've been hyping up Horford's defense. Let's not act like Jimmy would have just, you know, walked by him for a layup, especially without playing the drive. And, uh, you know, that's the type of player Jimmy is. That's the type of person he is, and I respect that. And I think it was a good shot. And like you said, man, if that shot goes in, nobody's calling that a bad shot because it really wasn't that bad of a shot. And also, if Jason takes that shot, I love that shot because it's going in. Jason's a better shooter than Jimmy. And listen, I get Jimmy's not been the best shooter, you know, the past few years really has not been good from downtown, but the way he was playing in the series, the last two games, you know, I'm living with that shot all day. Personally, if I'm a heat fan, but I'm, you know, Pat, I'm loving that it hit front rim. and didn't go in. And, you know, maybe if he drove, he would have gotten to the free throw line or he would have gotten to layup. But, you know, I'm glad he took the shot that he did at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. As a Celtics fan, I love the shot he took. And if, if you told me that this this series would be decided on a Jimmy Butler three pointer, um, with less than a minute left, and he's played forty eight minutes because he didn't sit one time, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him shoot that. Like that's the shot I want him to take because um, it would be scary for him to drive in an area he's really comfortable in. Still enough time to get an up fake up and and get a guy to to really commit to him. And next thing you know, he goes to the free throw line. And we go to overtime possibly, or we have a chance to, to win the game on the other end. Uh, but still like good, good effort from the Miami Heat. All credit to that ball club. They're well coached to a tough team. They're physical. Um, them and the Milwaukee Bucks have been really physically tough for the Celtics. Each team took them to seven games, but ultimately, the Celtics have found ways to prevail, and it's really reflecting in a sense that we watched this team crumble a lot in the fourth quarter throughout this this year and be one of the worst teams there, and it kind of looked like it was going to crumble there late, but they still hung on, man, and at the end of the day, you get the win. You hung on. So I, I'm sure the Celtics are going to reflect and look at this moment and be like, we have to be more creative offensively down the stretch, and continue to not play the clock and and play our game naturally again.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Pat, I know a lot of self fans. Well, first of all, those last two minutes were just hell. I mean, the 11-0 run the Heat went on at the end of the game it was really you know something to behold. I could not really believe what I was watching. It felt like if one of those shots from the Celtics goes in, they win the game. No questions. It doesn't come down to the Jimmy three pointer. And the guy who took a lot of those shots was Marcus Smart. And on Twitter, you know, he caught a lot of flack. Celtics fan saying he almost cost us the series. You know, I don't agree with that at all. And I don't think you either, uh, you do either. You know, the shots he was taking were open. Uh, They were not bad shots, um, you know, as far as like, you know, being contested or whatnot. You know, the ones earlier in the shot clock, I don't love, but I'm not going to kill him for it. Because once again, they were open, but you can't blame him at all for the ones at the end of the shot clock. So Pat, I know we kind of talked about a pre-show, but just give me your feelings on people maybe like taking some digs at Marcus Smart after the series because, you know, the offense led to him getting open shots that he did not make.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's the same concept with the Butler thing, right? As a Heat fan, you love that if somebody's gonna be taking a shots to beat you, it's smart. And on my end, as a Celtics fan, I'm like, those are good looks. Like if Smart hits one or even two of those shots, then people are talking about how he put the nail in the coffin and came up big and he hit some tough shots in this game like shots that should not have went down um he had that one over Lowry in the corner that was just ridiculous as time expired on the shot clock that I was it made my jaw drop I was like he hit that and he had like another one on the other side of the corner he he ended up hitting like people forgot some of the big shots he did hit in that quarter because of the ones he didn't and he just was hitting the tougher shots and missing the open ones. So in my eyes, I'm like, what if what if we just replaced the the tough ones were missed and the the open ones at the end were made? I think the narrative about Marcus Smart changes um, just because of where he hit those shots at and missed yeah. them. So uh, ultimately, I I don't like uh, I don't hate the shots for Marcus Smart, but it's the same with Butler where it's like I feel like at moments he could he could have drove could've and had more one. time to find a better one.
1: Mm-hmm. you know uh smart averaged 16 6 and 6 pat in the series on on inefficient shooting granted but you know he was coming off the foot spray he was playing hurt and you know he's still gonna be playing hurt in the warriors but i wonder if just getting some more rest in between games and before the series will help smart you know just be a little more consistent when driving to the hoop you know he's able to explode a little bit more to finish better or you know get a little more lift on his jumper we'll see though uh you know speaking of guys who are banged up pat um, I want to also touch on Rob Williams in that game seven. Um, you know, I think Rob can be a big advantage against the Warriors if he's playing, you know, at a at a high level like we're used to him seeing. But he definitely looks a little banged up in that game seven. It kind of looked like it got into his head a little bit. So just speak to, you know, what you think about Rob Williams going forward in that game seven. Are you kind of concerned that's going to... You know, leak into the- I mean, I, I think we both
0: could agree that we've already stated we're pretty concerned on him, right? Like, we, we put our scale up there. I think I was more concerned than you. Uh, simple fact of just – I saw that in the previous games that he was grimacing a lot and it just – he kind of looked like and a This child. was bad
1: though. This was the worst though. Can You, you can agree with that. He, though,
0: yeah, right? he's, he's – but like as this series has gone, right, it just seems like it's been trending worse. Like, I don't think he's ever – it's never a game where he's like, okay, he's looking better now. It was just like, oh, game one looks good. Game two, uh, game three, uh, game four, whoa. Game five, uh, um, what's going on? It's game six. He looks hobbled. Game seven, it does not look great. So for me, it was always a spiral down. There was never like an up moment for him throughout the series. And he was just kind of projecting towards not being himself. So – I'm, I do hope that the additional rest is going to be crucial because, you know, only having two days between games is is crazy. So, having a, the extra days off, it would have been nice if we didn't have to play that game seven, 100%. But we ended up playing the game seven. We needed him. He was out there. He had some moments where he was solid, but for the most part, man, he. He looked like a shell of himself and the Celtics are really gonna need him moving forward if they want a chance at at taking home.
1: Yeah, the and that's kinda of why I brought it up to, you know, segue into the warrior series. I guess I don't necessarily feel the same way that it was just a straight downward trajectory. Like I feel like he had, you know, three bad games, two pretty okay games, and then, you know, game one was his best game. So I felt like I was like a little bit worried, you know, about it, you know, when we talked about it, not as much as you, like you said, but Game Where's set. your scale
0: at now? Because you were at a three out of 10.
1: I'm probably at like a five. Okay.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: I'm a like a five. You know, I'm probably a little more, you know, just concerned. Um, but I do think, and honestly, Pat, if we were playing every other day, it actually would be higher. But this time off in between games is kind of nice, you know. Like, same deal for Smart. You know, I think it could probably positively affect Robert, but we're going to need him and Al to play really well. You know, the big men, our size one is a big advantage, but the big men, we also have an advantage. Like Draymond's amazing, but I'm more talking about who's at the five a lot of the time. Like who can take advantage of the matchups against Bielitza if he plays or, you know, the more experienced guy in Kevon Looney. So those two guys really need to make their presence felt on the glass and, you know, just in the interior in general. And I think we need Rob, you know, at least looking a lot better than he did game seven in order for him to do that for us.
0: Speaking of uh the other big on the roster, Al Horford, you know who was also really big in that in that game. He didn't shoot particularly well, um, three of nine from the field, I believe. He ended up finishing, or was it uh, two of nine? Sorry, um, but he had fourteen boards. He played really good defensively. Al Horford was solid in that game, man. Uh, Robert Williams was only able to end up putting in fourteen minutes, so he he didn't put a lot of wear and tear. Um, We also didn't talk about how good Jalen Brown was. I thought he was pretty solid throughout the game. Very well controlled. He he did have four turnovers, which was more than all the other starters. He tied with all the other starters combined. Um, Still something a part of his game. He does need to clean up, but... He was taking really good shots, man. He he shot eight of fifteen for the field, which is fifty-three percent, had twenty four points, just like Jason Tatum had twenty-six. And he he did a lot of the the workload. I mean you combine Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for fifty points, man, that puts you in a pretty good position to to win a game seven like this.
1: Yes, sir. Um and you know, along with Jalen Brown, you know, Smart also finished with twenty four points. You know, he took the most shots on the team. Um, you know but there was three big scoring contributions from those guys like you said you'll have a big chance to win the game but I think Jalen was great like you said the turnovers maybe we can cut down a little bit could have shot a little better from deep but every time he was getting inside you know he was getting to his spots he was getting his shots man he was attacking well um, really love to see Jalen step up there because we are going to need him against the Warriors as well there's a matchup actually I think that Maybe on paper doesn't seem like the biggest advantage for the Celtics, but I think we need to take advantage of it. And Pat, I want you to guess what that matchup is.
0: Um, Jalen versus Clay Thompson.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Listen, I know Clay's been a good defender in his career, and I think that's what he was—a good defender. He was not an elite defender, and you know, I think the injuries and the age have probably, you know, tacked off on another level or maybe two on his defense. And I think Jalen is simply more athletic, more explosive. You know, I think he's gonna be able to score on Clay, and that's gonna be one. Because you know, we if if they were confident enough to try Jalen to attack Bam off the dribble, I know they're gonna try to attack Clay off the dribble. So I would just say that's something to you know put your finger on and maybe wait and see if uh, the Celtics end up doing that because. You know, we're going to have to figure out what the areas to attack are against the Warriors because they're going to be able to score even against our good defense. Like, we're going to make them struggle, but I think they're going to be able to get their buckets due to ball movement, right? That a lot of these other teams we've played have. So, Celtics are going to have to find ways to manufacture points. And that's one area where I think I could see Jalen really stepping up in the finals. Yeah,
0: I I love uh, Jalen's matchup moving forward. I also have a little, little bit of trivia for you, Lucas. It's, it's more of a, a test to see, and how the roster really is right now. But who, can you name all fifteen Celtics players that are going to the NBA Finals?
1: I definitely should be able to, man. Listen, I cover the Celtics, so we'll go: Tatum, <laughs> Brown, I'm Smart, Horford, Rob. Okay.
0: Yep. All right. Let's go
1: bench now. We got D White. Who played amazing, mind you, in games six yep. and seven, and, and really we wouldn't have won that heat series without him. We got Grant, we got Pritchard. Okay, we got the Green Cornet. Okay, Luke Cornet. Um, we got your boy Aaron Smith. Yes, sir. Aaron Three Smith. You know we got the the bench goat Malik Fitz, the greatest celebrator in NBA history. I love that guy. Yep, great for the vibes. Um, we have Michigan legend Nick Stauskas. We got Daniel Tice surprised heist was this long to come out. I know, later. I know, I know. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> it's just a, um, and then lastly, uh, what is there, one more? There's two more. There's two more. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan.
0: No Matt Ryan on the roster anymore. Yeah, there's just a guy on this roster that you're just going to – Juan Morgan's Morgan, just Morgan. a random guy out there. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man, he's on there. And then the last one is the one, yeah, the one that was there's uh, one more. nurturing the, the shoulder injury. Yeah, he's that's the one that you love—the
1: the three point shooter, man. He's a straight shooter. Oh, oh, how? Yes, that? sir.
0: Yes, sir. Those are the t- those are the fifteen. And the two way guys are
1: Matt Ryan and Broderick Thomas. Look at me, I got all yes. seventeen. Let's go.
0: Yep. No, Matt Ryan is, is right. on the two way, so he's technically not like on the active roster, but like he is.
1: You know. well, he was working. I read before this the, the article just came out that he was working at a cemetery last year and doing DoorDash, and now he's going to the NBA Finals. So that's pretty cool. But. uh Hey, he'll get if the Celtics win, he'll get a ring. You know who also will get a ring? Joe Johnson. Oh, I love that for Joe Johnson. He deserves that. <laughs> big part of the Celtics season, big part of the turnaround. Hey, he no.
0: got a bucket. He got a bucket with the Celtics. So,
1: <laughs> well, who else will get a ring? Dennis, unfortunately, Ennis Cantor. I'm just kidding, but I'm not joking. Um, Ennis Freedom, excuse me. Um, who else? Uh, on boy, boy Jay Rich and Romeo. Romeo. But listen, we have a lot of work to do before we worry about Ennis freedom getting a ring. Honestly, so
0: it's just more of a reflection to see, like, man, look at this roster. Look at this team. Yeah, exactly. Like, who would have thought these fifteen guys, these seventeen, and then you got all the guys that got traded away? This was the roster that was going to end up representing the East in the NBA Finals is just bizarre. It's straight bizarre, and.
1: And I also, Pat, I just got to give credit to Ime. I mean, the guy's unbelievable.
0: Oh, you're talking about the rookie coach that is in the NBA finals? Oh, so crazy. He he, say, he he has say, his receipts. He has the his receipts with the, the clubs that didn't sign him.
1: Oh, oh, I just read something today that the Bulls will really consider hiring him and uh, his mother's from Illinois, and he really thought he was going to get the job. And then they hired Billy Donovan instead. I'm lucky the Celtics took the chance, you know, on the unproven guy because, boy, is he proven now. He really, I mean, he's amazing.
0: Yeah, he's he's stamped now. This is stamped. Year one, finals? Yeah, you're stamped.
1: It's rarity, man. Almost nobody does that. Uh, absolutely almost nobody does that. I read on Twitter today that Smart said if he turns the ball over, sometimes he may just asks him, you know, what the heck are you doing? Get the, get the team under control. And, you know, it's just that type of transparency that I think the players really respect. And, you know, it's just a former player. You know, he's a guy who understands, you know, what it's like to be out there so he can kind of relay with them on another level. So he's just done a phenomenal job, Pat. I mean, our expectations were through the roof really for this guy and he somehow exceeded them. I mean, we were really happy to have him on board and he's doing even better than I ever thought he could. So I'll have nothing but the utmost respect for uh email.
0: Absolutely. And again, before we move on completely here from the Miami heat, big shout out to that organization for, for giving us the, a really good series to watch, physical aspect of the game. And now we look forward to this this Warriors series in the NBA Finals, man. And we got to start looking at where we think we have advantages at and where we might have some disadvantages at. Um, I think being you both have talked about this already, it, about how much more physical we think Miami and the Bucks have been. Um, But we don't discredit what the Warriors' defense brings because they're probably going to be the smartest defense that we've played. So uh, expecting a very high IQ defense, a team that also doesn't mind switching a lot, and really uh, looking to take uh, take it to the Celtics and recover. I'm going to be very interested in what matchups we get because – we feel like there's some areas on this on the Warriors' defense that we can exploit, just like we were able to do against the Miami Heat when they had like maybe like a Tyler Hero in, et cetera.
1: One hundred percent. Listen, I don't want to sell the Warriors' defense short. Um, you know, Draymond Green, one of the smartest defenders of all time. You know, Steph Curry, underrated defender for who he is as a two way player. Um, they still have Wadala, who has some of the best hands that the NBA has pretty much ever seen. Gary Payton, the second. You know, elite uh, point of attack on ball defender. I really like what he can do. Um, Andrew Wiggins, elite. They call him two way wigs for a reason, right? So there's a lot of individuals on there who could defend. Um, and they are very smart defense, but 100% Pat, to me, they're less physical than the past couple teams we've played. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I think the Celtics' size and physicality is one advantage I feel like they got to take, you know, they got to use uh, and make very prevalent in the series in order for us to, you know, have a chance at winning the NBA Finals. But like you said, I can't discredit the Warriors' defense, man. Elite defense. And you mentioned there are some areas where uh, we can attack. Like I mentioned, I think Jalen on clay is an area we can attack. And then the other big area, the biggest area for me is JP, Jordan Poole, who is one of my favorite players in the NBA, but he is not a good defender. And I think Smart can attack him. I think Derek White. I think either of our wings can attack him. I think Grant could post him and create things. I know Al can post him. So we just got to really abuse him time after time after time when he's out there um, because he's part of that Warriors-like death lineup. And, uh, you know, if he's out there in crunch time, we got to make sure we get some buckets on him.
0: Yeah, and, and just like you said, like, I think their death lineup is really good offensively. Like, definitely feel like they're a better offensive team with their death lineup than than what we can offer and throw out there. But – they take a hit on the defensive side, and you see the small guards. You know you got staff out there, and you got Jordan Poole, and Clay Thompson is not what he used to be at that point. I'm not saying he's a small guard, but that's that's your top three. You know one, two, three, right there, right. So one of those guys is is got to check Jalen Brown. And my thing is, no matter who those three is, Jalen Brown has a favorable matchup, and his ability to create for himself and get to the cup is going to be huge in that moment. And also I think an advantage that the Celtics might be able to have is, and this is a big if on the Robert Williams, you know, we injury, we talked about If Rob's able to get out there and be a better version of himself, him and Al Horford as in a too big lineup, I just don't see a warriors lineup that can counter it. I just don't see it in the cards. Uh, Maybe, Steve Kerr has more up his sleeve than I, I'm giving him credit for, but uh, that those two bigs together when when Rob is healthy have been phenomenal. And you you can look up any regular season when they're together. The starting five in general, when they're fully healthy, are tough bunch to beat. So my thing is where where are the Warriors going to be looking to attack as far as their offense goes. Um, I know they're going to be trying to space out the floor a lot with Steph, maybe try to spread out the the Celtics more. But the ability to switch, man, the the Celtics aren't going to be able to do any drop coverage, unfortunately, against the Warriors. So if Horford is guys coming up the screen for Steph, man, he's going to have to hedge and be out there and could be extended as far as 30 feet. So um, it's going to be a very interesting chess battle as far as these teams go.
1: Absolutely, man. And I think the Celtics need to take advantage of that two big lineup. Um, you know, like you said, it's been phenomenal all season. Um, and, you know, due to the Warriors' lack of size, or, you know, lack of, you know, really effective big man, no disrespect to Kevon Looney, you know, I'm a big fan of him as a role player, but, you know, I think Jason Jalen Samar, you know, these guys can take him off the dribble. Horford, you know, was going to be able to, you know, he's not going to be I- incredibly deterred or anything like that. Um by Kevon looney so you know when we run the two big we got to really take advantage of that um you know they had a huge net rating during the regular season and uh you know gonna continue that here in the nba finals you got to have your best lineup um you know on the court and hopefully healthy you know to play big minutes because i would say that's where one advantage lies and uh you kind of mentioned how they like to space the floor right pat
0: yeah absolutely like i sure. mean that's the ML for the the warriors offense right is the gravity that Steph's able to pull because of the spacing he causes with his threat from deep is, is insane.
1: Mm-hmm. And honestly, the reason why I'm like a little bit worried about the Warriors, like obviously they're a great team. Um, it's just that it's, they play such a different style of offense than the other teams we've played against. Right. The Warriors don't necessarily match upon every single possession. They're whipping the ball around. They're passing, they're driving, they're kicking. You know they're screening off the ball. They're making sure you know they're going to get a good shot. They're running their offense regardless. It's not like okay, Giannis is about to go to work on Grant Williams or Jimmy's about to try and get a bucket here on Derek White, um, and then you know pass out to one of these role players or or even like you know Katie and Kyrie is the half like in the half court isoing, and then you know we blitz Katie and then the offense breaks apart. This is not that at all. Um, this is truly a different level of offense, a different style of offense. So that's just one thing, you know, I'm really looking forward to see how the Celtics respond to that type of offense in game one, Pat. Not necessarily an advantage or a weakness, just something that I think we definitely need to look out for.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, it's do you think that we might end up running smart to not switch when playing on Steph? Like just match smart on Steph and just try to fight over everything like hedge, hedge hard, but recover and just live with like, if Steph's going to beat us by passing, I think I can live with that, but I cannot live with, you know, doing a switch and Steph just abusing guys like Al Horford or, or uh, Robert Williams. I, I know much Robert Williams is a good defender, even on the perimeter at times, but Steph is a different perimeter animal in the sense that he, it's not just right outside that line. It's five, six, seven feet, outside of that line, which just makes it so much harder to guard because that make, means he just has so much more space to work with.
1: Oh, 100%, man. Now, Steph is a different beast. I mean, to me, you know, like you said, we can get in. Before the show, you asked, you know, who you think is the best player in the series. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. I think it's Stephen Curry. You know, he is phenomenal. He has been on the stage many times before. You know, he's had the unanimous MVP. I know that was six seasons ago, but it's not like Curry has fell off. You know, it's not like he's Chris Paul aging and struggling here, having three point games. Uh, No, not to just randomly take a shot at Chris Paul. I'm just saying, Stephen Curry is still that elite player that he once was back six years ago. And I need to pay him my respects. And, you know, just his gravity, like you said, he's a threat everywhere, whether the ball's in his hands, whether it's not, whether he's five feet beyond the arc, whether he's attacking the paint, he can make passes. One of the laziest things I think is when people say he's not a point guard. Okay, just because he's an amazing shooter does not mean he's not a point guard. He is most definitely a point guard. Um, you know, so I'm still gonna give Steph the props. And uh, you know, I like I said, I'm just looking forward to see how the Celtics match up and maybe shadowing him with smart is, you know, something that the Celtics look to do. I think him and Derek White are gonna be huge uh with their POA point of attack defense on uh on Stephen Curry. Uh
0: as far as uh this warriors teams go who do you think needs to be the big x factor for them not not the obvious guys like the curry and the clay but um who or who do you think is the warriors x factor in this series if they want
1: to win um you know i would probably say andrew wiggins i mean does he count as obvious
0: I, I I had him as well, so uh, I don't think he's obvious. I, I think the obvious is the big names, right, like the Clay and, and Steph. Like, they already have
1: this is proven above, above finals above the the moments. Day. They have proven that's finals. That's true. That's true. All right, if that's, if that's what you mean. Because this guy was an all-star starter this year. Let's not forget. I mean, look, he's legitimately a good player. He's an elite two-way wing, really. I mean, people don't want to hear that, you know, but he is good. I mean, as far as two-way wings, like, you know, guys like – there's guys like Tatum. There's guys like Jimmy, PG. But as far as I feel like that next tier, like Andrew Wiggins is really at the top of that list. Um, you know, he's phenomenal. Um, so I would say him, you know, if he's knocking down his three-pointers, if he's, if he's filling it up, if he can score, because we know he can get put the ball in the bucket, and playing elite defense, that is a really big X factor for the, for the Warriors. And uh, another X factor I think is Draymond shooting, because I the Celtics like are going to leave him. So, you know, if Draymond's shooting 34, 33% as opposed to 25 you know, twenty six, that's gonna be huge for the Warriors. So I looked at Draymond shooting and just Andrew Wiggins. Can he really step up in this first finals experience, you know? Against uh against two elite wings and Jason and Jalen.
0: See, and since you since you took uh, Andrew Wiggins and you know, the podcast wants some more flavor, so uh I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick the same here. Um I'm I'm gonna say then my, my next X Factor will be for Jordan Poole because we've seen flashes of how great this kid can be and him being a a liability on the defensive side means that he needs to do things pretty well on the offensive side to at least offset it at least at the minimum so his impact is going to be huge because i feel like andrew wiggins can have a bad shooting night and still impact the game defensively enough to to save himself where jordan Poole, it's hits man. If he's hitting shots, the Warriors could come out and blow out the Celtics. Like it would not sh- shock me if the if the Warriors had a game where they just blew out the Celtics because Jordan Poole's hot and Steph has a good game and Clay is just on fire. You know, like they have the ability. Like y- we've seen the Celtics team go on like four minutes of of no basket, and with this Warriors team, it's it's gonna be harder to get away with stints like that. And next thing you know, couple Steph threes and a Jordan pool three next thing it's goes from like a three point lead to 15 in a matter of two minutes. So Celtics are going to have to be on their a game defensively, but also those stagnant offensive stretches, man, it, they need to be minimalized. They need to have the ability to have some type of flow in that area. So for me, I will say Jordan pool will be the X factor in the series. If the, if the Warriors really want to, uh, Put this series away.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't want people to sleep on him. Like they, like Jordan Poole might have some make some ridiculous shots, some ridiculous finishes, and people in South expanse who don't really watch the Warriors that much might say, "Come on, look at him, kind of getting lucky." He's not going to do that. No, Jordan Poole is like that offensively. Um, you know, he's been that guy since Michigan. He's always been incredibly confident. You know, the work definitely is there to prove that he earned that confidence, and uh, he's an absolute bucket. Um, so I'm right there with you, man. Listen, that's a big deal. And I think, you know, his defense is equally as big as his offense. You know, if the Celtics are able to punish him, you know, then some of those ridiculous shots and, like, he's an bel- unbelievable shot maker. Some of those shots he makes, you know, maybe don't carry as much weight if the Celtics are just punishing him every time down the court. So I like Jordan Poole as the X-Factor for the Warriors. But, Pat, we're Celtics podcast. Who do you think is the X-Factor for the Boston Celtics in this series, man? I'll let you go first. Hopefully you don't steal oh, mine. Oof.
0: Oh. All right.
1: And I'll kind of put you on the spot. Right. No,
0: I, I think the X factor for this series is going to be Al Horford. And the reason I'm going to say Al Horford is he's the oldest person on the Celtics of a team that's never been to the finals. Him himself has never been to the finals. And this could be the biggest moment of his career. This is his opportunity to – represent as the first Dominican Republic player to, to reach the NBA finals and represent the Dominican Republic. So shout out to that Al Horford, but also his ability to, to uh, take advantage of the lack of big men on the Warriors, right? You don't have to worry about bam, the series, you don't have to worry about Giannis, the series there's times that he had to help and, and, and deal with KD in that first series. Like this is the big opportunity for Al Horford to put his fingerprints all over this there's no reason that uh, he shouldn't be able to find ways to get what he wants on, you know, Kevin Looney or or Draymond Green and and get his a uh, get his points at the end of the day. But also be able to like space out the floor. He's got to be able to hit some shots as well, pull some of those guys out. If he's able to pull out Draymond Green, mm-hmm. think think about the games that. What he does is going to affect every other person in a sense. Chatham's going to be able to get to the rack if Draymond Green has to worry about Al Horford shooting. Um, Jalen Brown, we talked about how he can really take advantage of his matchup if Al Horford's doing what he's got to do. So, and it's, it just allows the rest of the guys to play so much more freely when he's, he's going and he's the motor. And like we just saw in that game seven against Miami, even bringing down 14 rebounds is that's huge, man. That's a huge, huge amount of rebounds for a guy who, you know, in his late thirties now, uh, I believe he's like 37 and he played 44 minutes in that game. So, uh, I think this is going to be a big, big series for Al Horford.
1: Yeah. I love that pick actually. And, you know, I think he has a huge chance to really take advantage of this matchup here. Um, and I think we almost need him to do that in order to win the series. You know, he's got to play well, like you said, not only defensively, offensively distributing the ball, rebounding, but you no, know, nice twelve, fourteen, fifteen points, sixteen points. is not going to hurt from Al Horford either. So you know, if he can knock down a couple threes, you know, take advantage of a couple size advantages that he, you know, inevitably will have in the series. You know, I think that's a terrific pick for X Factor
0: but Yeah, I think yeah, I think this series too is going to be a little bit more high scoring than this Heat series. So I, I think we should see maybe Horford maybe get around fifteen a game. I think if we can get fifteen points a, a game out of Al Horford this series, uh, it'll put the Celtics in a pretty good position to be victorious after. Oh, totally. Um, this doesn't sound like I stole your guy, though. It doesn't sound like I stole your guy.
1: You know, he and, did not.
0: And I think I know who your guy is because he's he's. I think I'm he's actually, your guy.
1: No, listen, surprisingly, it's somebody else. Oh. That, um, but I do think he's a big factor in the series. You know, obviously, you're talking about Marcus Smart. Okay. I think Smart is a big factor. But it actually came down to two other guys, one being Jalen and the other being Derek White. And I end them, I'm going to go with Derek White here. Because we we saw how Derek White was really able to, you know, play his game. He's after, you know, it's funny, Pat, you joked about him turning into Fred Van Fleet. All of a sudden this guy's a great, he's a great three-point shooter, but.
0: Daddy but White. But
1: seriously, you know, he proved to us at the end of that heat series. This is why we traded for you. This is why you give up those picks with Josh Richardson. He's able to do things that Jay Rich, you know, was unable to do as much as we loved him. And, uh. I think facing a less physical defense and probably being guarded by a guy like Jordan Poole for a lot of the time when they're on the court together, I think Derek White's going to be the one to attack some of these mismatches here. Um, and you know, if he can give us, cause Derek white is capable. Listen, he has a 38 point playoff game. This guy's capable of filling it up. And obviously I'm not expecting anywhere close to 30 points, but if Derek white can give us, you know, some good scoring punch and he's knocking down his open threes like he was at the end and playing that elite defense, on these two elite scoring guards and Steph Curry and Jordan Poole, you know, he's gonna come up huge in the series. So for me, it was Derek White. I leaned with the bench guy as opposed to, you know, the big name and Jalen Brown. And I think, you know, if Derek White can score double digits and, you know, crash the boards even. We saw him crash the boards a couple of times and distribute the ball still and play good defense, you know, that's gonna go a really long way for the Celtics here. Um, and you know, he's only getting more comfortable, Pat, playing for the Boston Celtics. Like Watching his interview after Game 7, it kind of looked like he, he couldn't believe it. You know, he was on the Spurs this year. They had zero expectations for the playoffs, let alone the finals. Mid-season, he gets traded for and now he's in the NBA Finals. So it's been a big turnaround. He's still adjusting, but I think he looks more and more comfortable by that game, Pat. So I'm looking for D. White to step up big time.
0: Yeah, and, and I love the pick because Derek White was my runner-up for X-Factor because of his ability to... Uh, start hitting shots, man. He's he's been hitting the, the jumper like we've been talking about. If if that starts hitting, that's such a bonus. Like that's such a bonus. But he's gonna be able to kind of get whatever he wants coming off the bench because who's really gonna guard and stop Derek White um in the backcourt because you got guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that you gotta worry about that Derek White be kind of becomes this afterthought and he's gonna abuse second units. Uh I think he has a, a big advantage over a guy like Steph Curry, who is not as bad as a defender as the world likes to make him out to be. But the the size difference, man, that's something that was so even glaring against the Miami Heat that the Celtics team just looks way bigger than the Heat. The, if we thought that they'd look way bigger than the Heat, we're going against the Warriors who sometimes like to run a three-guard lineup. Like, this team is going to look massive at times against this Warriors team. So... Uh, I think the, the key factor here is they're going to need to stay physical uh, with the warriors and treat them like they did to Miami heat act like that. They're going to come out with that same physicality. And I think the the Celtics can come out swinging with some pretty hard punches. 100%.
1: You know, I think it just kind of goes back to the physicality and size. You know, that's really where the Celtics have to, you know, make their mark, put their advantage. So I am right there with you. Um, I don't think I really have too much more to say about that, honestly. Just got to assert yourself on the glass, um, you know, assert your size on defense, you know, put your hands up, play big, um, you know, like you're supposed to on defense, slide your feet. So, listen, I think that's one of the biggest factors, you know, is our physical advantage. But, Pat, I think we kind of need to get into maybe where the Warriors have their advantages in the series because I do believe they have some I am not taking the Warriors lightly at all as an opponent. Yeah, I know you are not either. Um, so, Pat, what would you say uh, is the Warriors' biggest advantage? Or what, what are just some things they do well that we should look out for if you don't have like a black-and-white advantage?
0: Um, I think the black-and-white advantage is experience, right? Like We can just knock that one out of the way. Like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Nobody on the roster of the Celtics uh, currently has ever been to the NBA Finals. Uh, those guys over there on the other side, those bad guys, we're calling them bad guys because they're not Celtics. The bad guys over there, they're, they're really, really experienced. They know how to win championships. They've beaten LeBron James in his peak. So you got to understand that this is a team that is a complete menace. They have no remorse. This is a team that also is so explosive offensively. Like I stated earlier, like the Celtics should be scared in a sense like those turnovers – and it went to Miami and Miami was getting dunks. Those are going to turn into transition threes for the Warriors. That's an extra point. Those are the types of shots they're going to hit. And that's, those are like layups for them. So when I say that, like you go on a bad streak, like, you know how we talked about with those bad quarters that they, we had against the Miami heat. If you have those against the Warriors, it could be way worse point wise than what the Miami heat did to us. So, Uh, The Celtics have to be very careful because this is a smart defense. They're going to cause turnovers. They're going to put themselves in passing lanes. They may not beat us up physically as much, but there's still going to be a smart defense that puts us in situations to make either some really tough shots or try to make a really tough pass. And that's where I think they can get that advantage at. And transition wise, they're going to knock down some shots, man. We cannot not take them lightly up from the outside. I think they're gonna space out. They're gonna to try to pick us apart. And the switching is going to be very interesting because if sometimes uh the big men don't hedge enough, it it could be pretty bad. It can be really bad fast and Steph could get going. Uh I'm just I'm very scared of of Steph Curry, man. Like like we were scared of Kevin Durant and Giannis even though we got past them we should have been more scared of Jimmy Butler than we probably gave credit for. Uh, but Steph is yeah, I'll
1: 100% back that up. Yeah, you know, Jimmy really.
0: We we were wrong on that. We were wrong. Yeah, we, we can admit 100%. that. And uh, uh, Jimmy, you're a different animal in the playoffs, man.
1: Jimmy rose his game up to a level I wasn't sure he could do for multiple times in the series. So I just got it. But you just, Jimmy Butler deserves a pat on the back and a nice vacation before he
0: starts his offseason workout. We we both uh, we both have admitted uh, we were we were wrong on Jimmy Butler there. Uh, but man, Steph. Completely different monster. And then like we you stated earlier, like I think one of the biggest advantages the Warriors have, Celtics haven't played a team like them yet. The preparation for this team is going to be completely different. At least with the Bucs, you're like, all right, physicality. We're going to expect that from Miami. Even though they took us to seven games, it was an expected physical series, something that we were comfortable in being in. Um, so I think with, with the Warriors here is they're going to be – They're going to be a way more organized Nets team where they can just score any part of the floor on offense, and there's so many guys that are are talented on that roster that can shoot from the outside. It's going to make it really tough, and this will be probably one of the better teams since since the Nets that shooting-wise is probably a better shooting team than the Celtics.
1: Yeah, you know, the Celtics um, have made the second most games in the playoffs. And the Warriors have made the third most. And the Celtics have taken more, but the Warriors have a slightly better percentage. So these are two good shooting teams. And I feel like a lot of people are just going to, um, you know, like in the public are just going to assume the Celtics are not even close to as good of a shooting team because of the big names, obviously. Um, But they actually are both pretty good three-point shooting teams. And just to a point you made, Pat, the turnovers, that's huge because the Warriors are going to be able to, like you said, punish Punish the Celtics with transition threes in a way that these other teams are not. So I'm right on board with you, Pat. The three ball and, you know, taking care of the ball leading to transition threes is one area where the Warriors can absolutely take advantage of the Celtics if they keep turning the ball over. And the Warriors were top 10 in uh, turnovers forced and uh, opponent turnover percentage um, in the regular season. So they are pretty good at forcing turnovers. Definitely need to watch out for that. So. That's what I would say, and then another. I'm not going to say an advantage, but they have a capable person, a capable body to guard Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like Andrew Wiggins is quite a good defender, you know, just like Jimmy is. You know, Jimmy's obviously carrying a bigger offensive load though um, than a guy like Wiggins will, and you know, I think he was better equipped than anybody on the Bucks and anybody on the on the uh, Nets probably, you know, to guard a guy like Jason or Jalen. So. Whichever one he's not guarding, the Celtics should focus focus on attacking. But also hear me in the same time when I say that I believe Jason Tatum can still score on Andrew Wiggins. I don't think he's the Kobe stopper, uh Ruben Foster. You know, I don't think Andrew Wiggins is the Tatum stopper, but he is more than serviceable, a very good option when guarding, you know, scoring wings like Jason or Jalen.
0: I, I do think though that uh Tatum finally gets like a defensive break, right? Like we we want to talk about, like, he's going to have a hard... Yeah, it's, it's in a sense, like, you can kind yeah. of put him on Draymond and and give him stretches where he oh, he gets oh, to oh. relax at times, right?
1: Oh, I thought you meant the defense were facing. Okay, okay, I hear No, I, I, I'm yes. saying, like, I, I think
0: you. I think Tatum... Tatum... A little more center. Feet. Yeah, he gets to get save a little bit more energy, so he's going to be able to actually take advantage more on the offensive side with more energy, I think. Um, but it, it will be very... Um, interesting to see how the Celtics decide to defense up. Um, obviously we play switch so much too, that he, they could try to wear out Tatum, but honestly switching on getting Tatum on you isn't a mismatch. So even attacking him to try to wear him out, it's not going to be the most smart strategy. So I think Tatum is going to have the ability to have a lot of energy to do a lot more damage offensively. I'm expecting a much better offensive series. From him against the Warriors than uh, against the Miami Heat, just because of the assignment wise of who he's going to be guarding. So,
1: I actually love that point. I, I, I love that point. And uh, you know, speaking of Tatum being able to get it going, Pat, do you know what our record was this season when Jason Tatum scored thirty or more points? It was twenty nine games. Twenty nine games. I'm gonna guess twenty one and eight. Twenty four and five. So even damn, better. damn. Yeah, so I think Tatum. You know, when he has it going. It creates lanes for other guys to get going as well because teams start selling out to stop Tatum. Rightfully so, you know he's an elite player, but he's got that playmaking growth to where he can find other guys and then they can attack closeouts and swing the ball. So, Jason getting going, I think, is definitely something that needs to happen in the series for us for us to like, you know, really be super competitive. Because I look at the Warriors as slight favorites in the series, you know, just from like a general. Po- uh like population perspective like i feel like the betting lines are going to favor golden state a little bit um and i feel like public perception you know people are probably going to lean towards the warriors and the Celtics but pat that's kind of a good transition uh, do you want to do your prediction you got a prediction for me or no um
0: yeah i, I do we want to we want to do game 1 or we want to do the series first which which one we want to rather...
1: Let's start with game 1 start with game 1 give me your game 1 prediction game
0: 1 so tomorrow in in the Warriors home court.
1: The Warriors are minus 160, Celtics plus 140. So the Warriors are favored by three and a half points.
0: Oh um You know, I I don't normally like teams that get a, a lot of rest before playing another game. But this Warriors team is so experienced. I think they come out swinging in game one. The Celtics just look a little bit more gassed, but they're gonna take a you know get get some more days off after game one. So I got the Warriors taking Game One in
1: a one sixteen to one oh two victory. Um, you know I'm right there with you, Pat. Honestly, I wish we disagreed here, but you know I got the Warriors taking Game One. I think Game Two is where the Celtics have a chance to potentially steal it. Um, I think the Warriors are going to come on Game One and protect home court. Um, you know I would love for the Celtics to you know. Win game one, steal game one—that would make me feel a lot better. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the people who have been there before. I'm going to go with the best player in the series. Like you said, they're coming off more rest; they're a little more beat up. You know, I'm going to take the Warriors in game one as well. Uh, if I'm giving a score, I'm going go to go one hundred one one twelve to one hundred six. Okay, see, we're we're right there then, huh? <laughs> we're literally- what was your score? Sorry, what was your score? I
0: was—I uh, think I said one fourteen, one hundred two, or something like that. Yeah, so we're right, oh, okay, we're, we're okay. right That's there. Cool. So I think we
1: Alright, so then for the series, Pat, listen, I'm gonna let I want you to go first. I want you to go first. Who you got? Oh
0: man. Time? Oh how man. many games? Celtics and five. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm
1: kidding. I'm not gonna keep doing
0: the trend here. All right, we're not gonna keep the trend. Um yeah. I'm gonna go with the Boston Celtics in seven. And the the reason I'm I'm gonna go with the Celtics in seven is that this team has been so resilient, so capable of responding when they get knocked down. Every time they get pinned in the corner, they get themselves out of it. A team that still hasn't lost more than two games in a row since February. This this team is February. full head uh, behind their coach. Firm believer. and That's also uh, an advantage that I think we didn't touch enough on, but I think Eme is a better coach than Steve Kerr, and that could be a hot take to some people. No,
1: that's a lot to spicy, dog. Listen, and, the, and I and that's a that's a I'm respect that's, that's
0: a respect all respect. It is with all respect to Steve Kerr, but the things that Eme does as a coach, man, I mean, you you saw what he was able to adjust against Eric Spolstra, and I see Eric Spolstra as a better coach than Steve Listen, I'm not Kerr. Saying- so.
1: I'm not saying I think it's the spiciest take of all time, but people will get on you for that one. But I don't know it's the craziest take, but Pat, you know what? I'm going to tell you this right now. I've been thinking about my prediction a lot and, you know, I've been thinking and, you know, I was thinking Golden State and six. And then I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking about it. And I said, you know what? This team has proven to me time and time again that I cannot sell them short pretty much everything you said, you know, 18 and 21, 23 and 24, you know, the smart calling out the guys, Um, you know, our offense being terrible in the first half of the year, you know, non-consistent effort in the first half of the season. Boom. They flipped the switch. Pat, I said they were a second round team. The second round team was their ceiling. Now we're staring at the NBA finals in the face. So who am I to sell my Celtics short again? And I'm going right along with you, Pat, give me the Celtics in seven games. I'm right there with you, man.
0: Oh, we're riding, we're riding. I don't know if us finally being on the same page for a prediction is is good for us, but um,
1: I can't do it. I I got to take the sets, man. I can't sell them short again. There's no way. No, you know, if you would have t- picked we, the Warriors,
0: we, man, I would have I would have scolded you because you scolded me when I had picked the Bucks.
1: You picked the Bucks in Game Seven specifically, though. You took seriously. Yeah, yeah. The
0: series. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but see. At the end of the day, man, like, I know the Warriors are so good. And I just, the Celtics have proven to me time and time again. Now, Pat, we never, I never believed that the Celtics team was not good. I never believed we shouldn't be worrying about the playoffs. I never believed that, you know, anybody had to go in order for this thing to really work. Um, But I did not see it really happening this year. You know, the Derek White trade, you know, did shift my, you know, my perspective maybe. Um, but at the beginning of the season, you know, I said this team was the second round, second round team was their ceiling. So I was dead wrong, and I'm not going to sell them short again. You will not catch me on that boat. Um, Celtics in seven. That's what I got to say. That's all I got to say, Pat.
0: Hey, man, and honestly, that's that's fair to take, man. That's fair to take. I'm right there with you. And this team is. We've watched this journey, and we watched the Celtics ride out. Regardless of the result, at the end of the day, um, we define odds. I mean, we, we're talking about where you know earlier, even like before a season, I, I had, I had stated multiple times that I thought maybe this might be a bridge year, uh, a year where we try to see what guys are kind of the guys we want to keep around these two um, as we try to compete over the next few years, and and who we really need to address in the offseason and stuff like that. But this team was like, we're ready now. And when you get put in an NBA finals, it's, that's it, man. It's, it's whoever shows up, shows up and it's going to be the biggest stage. And man, it's been way too long for us. It's, it's been 12 years. I know that's not uh long uh, for a lot of people and a lot of franchises because it's tough getting to an NBA finals, but man, for being considered one of the historically one of the best franchises up there with the Lakers, you know, sharing two, you know seventeen championships in total. It's been a long drought and a long awaited time. Jason Tatum finally got over that hump. Jalen Brown talked about it. I thought it was really cool if you saw that video where uh, he was at the NBA Finals um, when he was about to get drafted and everything. Who was like at that, Cal? So cool. Yep, super cool. And he said, "I'm going to be here. I'm going to be. Here. I'll
1: be in these finals one day." Yes, he did.
0: And full circle, Jalen – I'm so happy for Jalen Brown and getting that moment. Uh, Jason Tatum getting in the moment to, one, represent Kobe. We didn't really talk much about that. either in game seven against the Heat, but he wore the Kobe band. And he talked about how he sent a text to him and stuff like that. And I think these guys, they're hungry, man. I I think they're going to come out with a lot of fire. And this is going to be a really, really fun NBA final series. And I'm just excited to be able to watch it.
1: Yeah, you know, Pat, just a quick touch on the Kobe thing. Um, You know, I saw a lot of people on the internet, you know, making fun of Tatum or saying things about the text or the armband. And for me, I think that's pretty low. You know, people all grieve differently, you know, and there's one thing in life you can't judge how somebody grieves. So I'm glad that Tatum went out there and did did it for his idol, got over the hump. I know Kobe's looking down. He's proud. So I just want to say all respect to Jason Tatum and uh, RIP Kobe on that front. Um, but they finally got here, Pat. And, you know, Jalen and Jason been here multiple times, Al, all those years in the playoffs, they always said, Oh, LeBron will make sure this guy never gets a ring. Well, now he has a legitimate shot at it. Celtics fans telling me there's 0% chance the Celtics can ever win a finals with their, with, uh, Marcus Smart on the team. Look where we are. We're going to have a chance to win the, uh, to win the NBA Finals. So I am really looking forward to, uh, tomorrow night, man. I don't, I'm just basically it's the, the calm before the storm now, but I'm sure once tip off hits, my nerves will be jumping.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm super excited to watch this team's matchup, man. Um, I can't wait to, to cover the games after and, and speak with you, Lucas, and, and have each other's like talking about, Um, but man, we, how lucky are we, man? You know, there's, there's only two teams left in the NBA and we're one of the top two teams this year. No matter what people say, we we've, token out guys like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Drew Holiday, Giannis, uh, Bama DeBio, Jimmy Butler. Uh, this this path has been crazy, and now we're coming to a, a point where we going against Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. Tough, tough, tough task ahead of us. And I'm just excited to see what the Celtics have and, and really what you may has in store for the game plan against this team.
1: It's going to be absolute, you know, battle again. That's how the playoffs are. The Celtics never ducked the nets. We swept them. It gave us that home court over the bucks. And, you know, we took out the one seed winning three games away. So, you know, to add Steph Curry and the warriors, you know, to that list of teams, you know, win or lose, the Celtics season and postseason has been absolutely phenomenal, Jersey path, Journey Pat, and I'm, you know, glad that we were here to cover the whole thing.
0: Absolutely, and uh, you know that kind of does wrap up things here for me. Did you have any other final touches here you want to add uh, before we send it off and get ready for Game One of the NBA Finals? Man, it that's just crazy to say.
1: No. I'll praise the Most High, Pat. That's pretty much all I got to say.
0: Yes, sir. Let's let's do it. Uh, hopefully, Tatum's doing it for Kobe. Um, I hope you know Jalen Brown's doing it for himself as as full circle comes. Also, just so you guys know, Marcus Smart is not on the injury report. Only Robert Williams is questionable for Game One, so that is huge, huge, huge for the Boston Celtics.
1: And got another thing, Pat: Jalen Brown signed to Donda Sports. Don't want to let that go, Kanye West. You know, very polarizing figure. Love him as a musician. He doesn't think Jalen gets enough attention. So Jalen is now being uh, you know, represented by Donna Sports. Just didn't want to let that slip through the cracks.
0: Yeah, um, and uh, we're gonna see some Yeezys on the court, man. We can see some Yeezys on the court.
1: Jeez, can you imagine some Jalen Brown Yeezys? I'm buying them, honestly. Wow. You have
0: to Go with your juice outfit, man. Go with the exactly, juice
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have, Pat. You know, just looking forward to tomorrow night where we'll inevitably be here talking about it again on Spotify Live.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, make sure everybody go ahead and Give us a like on whatever you are listening on, whether that's Spotify or Apple podcast, make sure you guys leave a review for us. Make sure you guys head over to Twitter at ethos Celtics to give us a follow there as well. You can follow Lucas at Luca underscore gainer me at ball and opinions as well. We are there with the Celtics content. We appreciate everyone who shows up and supports us. Um, we appreciate it so much. I'm sorry. We were a little, didn't have some shows going. I was on vacation. That's on me. Um, I, I
1: <laughs> and I was busy. Just kind of up. I, <laughs> I was I was winning my own championship, man. Time.
0: I ended up winning a championship in my basketball tournament. So, um, just hoping that the Celtics can follow in suit and and get that championship as well.
1: Yes, sir. You can go ahead, and follow me at Luca underscore Gainer Go ahead and follow the show, like Pat said. Rate, review, subscribe, and also I did a guest appearance on. Uh, this is kind of random, but Sports Ethos Pelicans podcast. Uh, Lyle Swiftbank, amazing host over there. Um, we kind of just previewed the draft I know the Celtics don't have a pick But if you're looking for some you know, draft insight Me, Corbin, Will, Brad And Lyle all broke down a lot of the draft So you know, definitely go check it out I have one second round sleeper you know, I'm not going to say it now So you guys actually go listen to the podcast But go check that out you know, Run that up, that's on YouTube, that's on Spotify And everything else So go, make sure you go check that out After you listen to our show But Pat, appreciate it man I'll talk to you tomorrow night
0: Yes, sir. Let's go, Celtics, baby. Game one. Let's lock and load it.
1: Let's go. Go C's. Peace.